Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, thanks for listening to the Two Pros and a Cup of Joe podcast with LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, and myself, Jonas Knox. Make sure you catch us live weekdays, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. You can find your local station for the Two Pros and a Cup of Joe show over at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome into the show. This is Two Pros and a Cup of Joe. It's hour two. I got my man Jeff Schwartz with me. I'm LeVar Arrington. Jonas Knox and Brady Quinn are taking the week off, but that's okay. They'll be back soon. We'll drive you in for the next two hours and give you some good conversation and some content to get your day started all right that's a beautiful thing isn't it i know it is you know what else is beautiful being in the tyrac.com studios we're live people all right make sure you check us out we'll get there oh well tire rack that is they'll get you there uh they'll help you with an unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Uh, yeah, so, Jeff, college football, uh, we're talking about realignment right now. Yesterday was the Big 12 Media Day, and your coach, your guy, well, maybe he's not your coach or your guy, but I just like to say that. Uh, your coach, your guy, Mike Gundy had some some really really strong thoughts on the Bedlam rivalry, and here's here's what he had to say. Um, I'm a very traditionalist when it comes to conference rivalries, games, and such. The Bedlam game is over because Oklahoma chose to leave the Big 12. Period. It's got nothing to do with Oklahoma State. Do I like that? No. Do I like that conferences have broken up in the past? No, I don't. But I also know that we have to control what we can control, which is um, conference realignment is there. It's probably still going on. And wherever we all end up and whatever schedule they give us to play, we go play it and do the best we can. Oklahoma State's not going to change what we do because Oklahoma chose to go to the SEC because they're the ones that made their mind up to go to the SEC. So with all the talk from administration and people saying that Oklahoma State needs to do this and that, all Oklahoma had to do was not go to the SEC. 
<laughs> Ooh, spicy. I mean, sound, yes, yeah, he sounded a little irritated, you know? Well, look, um, conference realignment is um, – okay, so it, it depends on, on whether you view the sport as regional, a regional sport or a national sport, right? Mm-hmm. So regionally, I, I'm a Pac-12 guy, okay? I grew up in Los Angeles. My parents are Bruins, UCLA Bruins. I went to Oregon. Yeah. I've I do, done Pac-12 radio for five years now. So I'm a, I'm a Pac-12 guy, okay? Yeah. Um, it, it pays the bills. I, I, lo- I love my conference. We have some faults, obviously, and things that haven't gone very well. But I view the sport through that lens, right? I'm a Pac-12 guy. I view it as a, you know, not obviously the, 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 the SEC reigns supreme, but the idea of, of regions, right? The West and the South and, 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 and the Midwest and the, and the North, all those things, right? That's the way I view it. So conference realignment stinks, right? It, it, it stinks. It takes away the regionality of the sport where it matters, you know, it matters the, 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 the scar tissue that you have with Oregon and, and UCLA and, and USC and, and, and things like that. So same with Oklahoma and Texas, right? Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. Great yeah. example, right? That, that scar tissue, that rivalry, that all the thing out the door for money. All right. And we know a lot of things are done in, in, in life for money. Nationally, if you view the sport nationally, which I do on this show, which I do on other things I do, um, what I do for Fox Sports, nationally, hey man, kind of good, right? USC Michigan every year, Ohio State UCLA, like we get some great, great matchups. Like there's some good things happening, better, better matchups, better games because of this new setup. So, Lavar, it depends on whether you view the sport through that lens. Nationally, yeah, man, Oklahoma playing LSU and Bama every year, and Texas playing Georgia. Those are some 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 dang good matchups, right? But regionally, the sport is dying in that in in kind of in that sense. So it depends on on how you view the sport from your base level, whether or not you like conference realignment. I just think the way we consume our content is changing very rapidly and very quickly. And while the mighty dollar is still generated and motivated through television, I'm, I'm, I'm not certain how, how the future looks and how the consumption of sports will be and, and content I'm I'm seeing a lot of of schools scrambling, a lot of conferences scrambling, um, in my estimation, to become as attractive and as powerful as they possibly can to extend their footprints as far across the, the country, as you just mentioned, as they possibly can. The Big Ten effectively became a nationally a nationally recognized or national uh, footprint of of a conference. They were not. And I just I'm my thought is, is if these schools can can continue to to be the pillars that they are regionally, if they can can be the entertainment that they have been and that what they become regionally. And some are some are already national like our our Penn State's uh, alumni association is it's international. It's like we have Penn State bars and Penn State presence everywhere in the country and even some parts of the world. We have there's Michigan. Same thing. There are Michigan bars everywhere you go around the country. 
there's such a large contingency. Same with Ohio State, you know, and and as it applies to to the SEC, I would I would debate that the SEC is is the king of 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 kings in in college football, even though they're winning the national title more than anyone else. I think it's a very top heavy conference. I don't I don't see the the quality of team all the way through the conference like you would in the ten. So I would debate the idea that the SEC just stands alone. I think the idea of having the entertainment value that the Big Ten brings to the table is is at a high. It's at a high and it's at a premium. And to lose games like, okay, Penn State isn't playing Pitt anymore. That's a that's been a rivalry. You know, you still have games like the backyard brawl that that, you know, have have been great games and now it's it's back. I just I I think unless you're tar- if if Bedlam is such a big deal and it is it, it is a generator, I would think both conferences would figure out how to make that work and not destroy a game like that. Because I don't think that again, I don't think it does the the conferences the the conferences that are trying to create more create more value by adding these teams i don't think it does them any justice to not give the opportunity for games that would have such high impact such viewership like go away i just don't see that happening when the playoff expands to 12 teams there's more incentive for these games to be played but right now there's no incentive to play a tough non-conference schedule that's very true and Very you know, true. If, you're, if you're Oklahoma, like you're already playing Georgia and Texas every year, um, schedule Oklahoma State is only going to provide an opportunity for bad things to happen, right? Yeah. Um, and so I think there's that. You know, when, when it goes to 12, 12 teams, then I think there's more of a th- there'll be more of a thirst for the, for these rival games to come back because because you're right. Like you know, you mentioned you know a uh, 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 Pitt Penn State. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State has done. Utah BYU has done for many years now because of of, of their conference schedules. You know BYU now joining a, joining a conference. Uh, it's so like a lot of these rivalries are gone for that reason. Um, yeah. You know Stanford USC, which is kind of you know not on, on the East Coast, but they play every every second week of the season. That that's now gone. Um, you know these these rivalries are gone because of of the money because of the of you know the need to. To have these super conferences, and I think it's going to continue to go. It's not going to stop, man. Oregon and Washington are going to be in the Big Ten one day. Which I, again, I'm an Oregon guy. Yeah, it'd be really fun to go play in Happy Valley, man. Don't get me wrong, but like, it's not something that we that we that sport. Like, I, I don't want that as an Oregon fan. Like, I don't, I don't need that in my life. Like, it's not going to. It doesn't fire me up as a fan. Like, yo, we're going to Penn State. Like, I'm okay playing games in the Pac-12 footprint. Yeah. I just think that it's going to develop, though. Like, for instance, I'll give you a great example. Penn State was independent. They were no different than Notre Dame. They were playing everybody, and they were just independently moving around. But then they joined the Big Ten. Right. And I think it made all the difference for them and and how things moved forward. And a lot of people don't remember. If you, talk, if you ask a new new school fan – a new new Big Ten fan, a new Penn State fan, did you know that Penn State was independent and weren't in the Big Ten? They probably don't know. 
So you you would do not know. No, correct. I think you as a, a purist and someone who's been a part of it, I definitely think that there are going to be people that have hard feelings in terms of these realigning of, of the conferences. But I think once the dust settles and and we figure out where where the teams are going to be, where the schools are going to go, and and all of that is established and, and you're able to really, really build out what that begins to look like, I think it's going to be tremendous in the end. I think the, the entertainment value of it is going to be tremendous in the end when all the dust clears. At least I hope I'm right that the entertainment value yeah. of it will be be of that. So no, you you're right in the in the fact that then again nationally the sport is going to be fine because there's better matchups. But, you know, if you have a regional connection to a, 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 a school that's being moved to a conference. Um, like, I, I I know UCLA and USC fans are excited for the Big Ten because it, it feels like they're in a, in a conference that, you know, matters more than the Pac-12. But you can't tell me that there's a fan alive for either of those teams that's terribly excited about playing 11 of the 14 Big Ten teams. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, they're happy to play Michigan, Ohio State, but there's zero fabric in 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 there's zero history between Indiana and and USC playing football. Like that to me does not excite fans as much as playing a team from the conference who if you're a diehard fan you follow recruiting so you know some of the kids that are at these Pac-12 schools. Yeah. There's a history there's there's a history of USC trying to go to the Pullman on a cold night winning that it's hard to win at Washington State. So I think there's these things that Again, nationally, games are going to be great, but regionally, I think it's really tough to swallow if you're a team. You know, you're, you're, I'm an Oregon guy. Like, what's Oregon has done everything that you've asked of, of for an athletic department to do to build up uh, a successful program, right? And on the football side, yep. um, and we're just like left out. We're like, oh, well, I guess we're just going to be left out, like you know, because we're not in a big TV market, even though everyone watches our games. So. It's a it's it's it depends on what what lens you view the sport through. Yeah, I you're not you. wrong. Nationally, man, great games. Mm-hmm. But you're right, locally, and and that that's going to be a conundrum that that well, people are somebody that handles these affairs are going to have to be able to answer those questions. But well, it won't be answered tonight. Coming up next on Two Pros and a Cup of Joe. We got our guy Albert Breer coming up, senior NFL reporter, lead content strategist at the Monday Morning QB. We'll take a quick break, and we'll be back with that. It's Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Now, without further ado, let's bring in senior NFL reporter, lead content strategist, lead content strategist, lead content strategist at the MMQB, Albert Breer. How you feeling, my guy? Good morning to you. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I appreciate that introduction, Lavar. Did you like that? Can you tell me yeah. what the the lead content strategist means? What What do you do in that that position? Ow. I don't. I, I guess like kind of come up with ideas. Okay, <laughs> okay. that's the that's, that's the it. short of it. 
<laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Wonderful. I love that. You know, I'm available if you need me. By the way, you know. Well, if you want to do a couple stuff. brainstorming sessions or whatever, maybe you can work something out there. Any any time you like to to hear my my thoughts on on content strategies, you know, I would love to put that in front of you, AB. We'll, we'll get we'll get that on the calendar, LeVar, no doubt. Yeah, I did that on national radio, people. Hey, so, right. thinking about content and strategy, it seems as though there's a possibility that Dan Snyder is doing content and strategy to maybe, I don't know, sabotage this 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 sale of the team i mean is it more about getting out of the way of all of the legal issues that he may be facing um and and leveraging the sale of the team like basically i'm not in this situation without that so is that is that what's going on or is this he doesn't want to sell the team yeah, I mean, I, I don't think this isn't like I don't think this is just like he doesn't want to sell the team. I, I think it's that he wants a clean break, oh. um, and I think he knows, you know, um, what he's going to open himself up to the minute he walks away, and what else might come out the minute he walks away, and what might be in that report that um, the commissioner's been promising us forever, and what it might mean for his future, you know, in business and. Um, you know, I, I I can tell you that I, like no one should be shocked, and I don't think anybody inside the league office or you know with any of the teams is surprised that there would be a bomb that would drop um, and that this wouldn't happen in a clean way at the very end. And remember, we're one week away from that special league meeting in, in Minneapolis where all the owners are going to approve the sale of the team to Josh Harris. So um, I don't know, Lavar. It just feels to me like the timing of this. Um, is designed to force the NFL's hand, you know, when they're right at the wire. And, um, you know, everybody in Washington's waiting for this to be done and just wants it to be done. And, you know, the everybody in the organization wants to move on. Um, you know, like this is a way of, of, uh, of Dan Snyder leveraging a few last things that he wants um, with the threat that, you know, he could blow up the timeline of all of this. So when the NBA wanted um, wanted Donald Sterling out as Clippers owner, it happened immediately, right? He was gone. That was the end of it. Why can't the NFL do the same with Daniel Snyder, buddy? You're out of here. There's no terms. You're you're just gone. Like you're, you're I, I don't want to hear it anymore. Be gone. I mean, he's already you know supposedly leaked out a bunch of stories that it didn't matter in the end. Like why can't they just tell him like to be gone? Thank you for your your service for 20 years. Talk to you later. Because um, I would say the easiest way to answer that question is, Jeff, because um, they all have dirt under their fingernails and they don't want to set the precedent of voting each other out. And in these sorts of situations, they would rather not have that lever ever be pulled. Because once that lever gets pulled and once the public outcry to get somebody out pushes somebody out, then those guys lose some level of control, Right. And I'm not saying like, that every other owner has done stuff as bad as Daniel Snyder. You know, has done the egregious things that Daniel Snyder's done. But there are a lot of them that have, I mean, some sketchy stuff in their past. And some stuff that if it came to light, probably wouldn't look real good. And, you know, I, I think the, the feeling is that once you vote one guy out, well, the next time any owner does anything wrong, 
there's going to be a public outcry to pull the Snyder lever. So, you know, if they can push Jerry Richardson out, they can push Dan Snyder out and make them leave on their own, well, then, you know, they can kind of keep that record of never having voted anybody out. And then anytime somebody calls for them to pull that lever on someone else, they can say, well, that's just not something we do. You know, what's interesting is (laughs) what's good for the goose is good for the gander. You have Saquon Barkley holding out. Hasn't yep. signed his his uh, his his uh, franchise tag. Dan Snyder's holding out, and he's waiting for <laughs> the contract that he wants. Is he, he, he's kind of in the same exact situation as Saquon Barkley as, as <laughs> a soon-to-be former owner. What I, I asked this question, and and listen, I'll I'll ask this about Saquon as well. But I'm curious to know what your thoughts are on Dan. What happens if Dan Snyder doesn't get the deal that he wants? Because they may very well not. I don't know that they can give him what it is that he's looking for with this clean break. What happens if, if he doesn't get this done, if he doesn't get the contract he wants from the NFL? If he doesn't get the... If he doesn't get what he wants from the NFL, I, I, he could go kicking and screaming, you know, and he could. Now, I, I think we all think that, like, this thing will get worked out over time. That's just too far down the line for it not to happen. But, you know, could he screw up, um, you know, the plan to, to vote him through on July 20th? Yeah. I mean, there's a reason why, LeVar, when they first went to the owners and said, like, all right, we're at the goal line now. They gave the owners two dates. And this is the first of those dates. So it was July 20th and August 6th. Put those two dates aside. Um, those are the dates that we're going to set aside for a special league meeting to, to vote the new owner of the commanders, Josh Harris, through. Um, so, you know, I, I think what he could do is he could complicate this um, and he could delay the sale. Um, and, I mean, ultimately, I guess – if he really wanted to push it, he could force them to force him out. Um, I, I don't think it's going to come to that. You know, with the amount of money on the line and, and, and everything else that everybody's gone through and all the hoops that everybody's jumped through to get to this point, I don't think we're going to see a scenario now where they got to vote him out. But, like, he could certainly make this a whole lot more difficult on, on, on them um, here over the next few weeks. And, you know, I, I think the first step would be you know, putting them in a position where they've got to delay that vote, which, again, is set for one week from the day in Minneapolis. Who's more likely to get their contract, Saquon Barkley or Dan Snyder? <laughs> I would say Saquon is. Um, okay. Nice. I, you, you know what? You know what? Like, like I always – I mean, I, you know, this is my 19th year covering the league. And so I've, you know, I've covered dozens of these franchise tag situations. And – I, you know, I, I think more often than not, they get ugly in the days leading up to the deadline. Because what happens is a guy gets tagged in March. He's not happy about it. Then there's some negotiations. In a lot of cases, those negotiations go nowhere. And then, you know, the team goes about its business, free agency, the draft. And, you know, then they go into the spring. And there's no urgency to get anything done because budgets and the cap is set for the year. And so, you know, everybody's sort of relying on this deadline in the middle of July to get the last pieces of a contract done. 
And, um, you know, I, I think that that's, you know, a lot of times when they come back to the table, it's like, well, we're not any further than we were in March, and people are upset about that. Well, that's because everybody was sitting on their hands for four months, you know, mm-hmm. and waiting for the deadline to come. And so, you know, in a lot of cases, these things do get done at the wire, and I do think there's a deal to be done there. And, I mean, if what Mike Florio reported yesterday is correct, and, you know, I, I've heard similar things. Um, where you know they offered him 13 million a year, he wants 16 million a year. I do think there's, you know, I don't think either of those positions are ridiculous, nor are they that far apart. And you know, ultimately, you know, I think the Giants do genuinely want to reward one of their best players and one of the guys that was most instrumental to them turning things around last year. And on the flip side. If you're Saquon Barkley and you've been through the injuries that you've been through the last few years and you're a running back and you see what running backs got on the market last year um, or earlier in the year, you know, where the, the top guy in the market, Miles Sanders, who was an ex-teammate of yours, got $6 million a year. I mean, I, I just – I think in the end, you know, if you're Saquon five years into the league, you know, you're going to have to take as much as you possibly can and just – call it a day, you know, like push this to the very end, be a tough negotiator, make sure your agent has, you know, his or her ducks in a row. But in the end, like if you're Saquon Barkley and, you know, you look at his position, his injury history, his age, um, I think you, you'd be doing yourself a disservice if you didn't collect every dollar that you possibly could at this point, because you don't know what lies ahead. So I do think ultimately, the motivation of both sides and you know, how close they've been together will prevail and they'll get a deal done. But, you know, again, like because of the circumstances of the way the franchise tag works, these things do often get ugly in the days leading up to the deadline. Hmm. The New York Jets were selected for hard knocks against their wishes, but, you know, you sign Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, is the right word. Yeah. Um, how, how do they go about managing the cameras in their building uh, for a month knowing that this is something they do not want? What's the uh, what's the saying, Jeff? Is it you'd rather have a volunteer than a hostage? Is that right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, well, the NFL the NFL's got a hostage right now, <laughs> um, so I, I I think we've all seen this before. You know, like where um, you know a, a team or you know coaching staff or players aren't on board with the idea of it, um, and so I, I I would think things will be a little uncomfortable to be in too. I mean, just from like a TV production standpoint, too. You guys realize, like, the Lions last year, they announced that at the end of March, right? So, like, NFL Films had done all of this work through April and May and June to get B-roll and do background work. And and now, you know, Films is going to be entering into that facility, and they're going to need to, like, do a couple months' worth of work in a couple weeks, you know? So it's going to need to be intensive, over the next couple of weeks, so then put out a good product at the beginning of August for that first episode. And, um, you know, I, I like, look, like, I love the films people. You know, I was obviously at NFL Network for six years, there with LeVar for a little while, and I think the films people do fantastic work. And I, I think most coaches and players, once the actual people who are doing the work get on the ground, wind up liking those people. And so I think that that gets you part of the way there. But I, I do think that the manner that this was handled, and the fact that they had to force someone to do it is going to affect the product, you know? Mm. And, um, yeah, I'm going to be really interested to see how, you know, Robert Sala and Aaron Rodgers and Joe Douglas and all the powers that be in that organization handle it. 
Um, I think Woody Johnson will like the attention. You know, I think he'll like the spotlight being on the Jets. But, um, you know, I, I think the level of cooperation that they're going to get and how it affects the, pro- the product is going to be a really interesting thing to watch because I think it could affect the way these things are handled in the future. I, I believe this is the first time they've actually had to force someone to do it, too, which is going to be an interesting precedent to follow. Talking with Albert Breer, senior NFL reporter, lead content strategist at MMQB. AB, I know you you chimed in on the the Northwestern saga situation. I think it was handled poorly, and I think it – even even though I find that the head coach should be culpable of this situation, I still think that the school – handled this in a way that gives Pat Fitzgerald a leg to stand on in the legal legal courts or in the the legal system so to speak what 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 was your takeaway on how things unfolded at Northwestern well my first my first takeaway was we should all get into crisis communications because that seems to be the easiest job in America because I don't know like like how that was handled, right? Like, is all these people do tell them to just release it at five o'clock on a Friday? I mean, you or I could do that, right? Right. Like, of course. I mean, like that. I mean, like that seems to be the only thing that, like, the only thing that was done to manage this at all. I mean, I, I you know, I, I just, I think from it being a two-week suspension to it happening, you know, the, the, it being enforced when it's being enforced in the middle of the summer, to thinking that like this wasn't going to lead to a second blow being thrown um, by the by, by, by the accuser, you know, like this, this was going to be, you know, just kind of, you know, okay to be swept under the rug. I think the handling of it was god-awful. Um, and, I, and I, you know, I, I got to tell you, like I, you know, the NFL people I've dealt with over the years that, you know, know Fitz, and I, I don't know him personally, but and then the people who play for him, um, you know, they all speak very, very highly of him. So, I'm not condoning anything that happened in that building. I just think, you know, when you're talking about a guy, guy's career and all he's accomplished and the place in the university, um, for it to be handled like this is, is really, really, I, I mean, inexcusable. And, like, it feels to me like other people should lose their jobs here. Um, just to go from two weeks, again, without pay in the middle of the summer um, and news dump it to firing the winningest coach in the history of your program and a guy who was an All-American player for you in three days' time either says your investigation really sucked because you didn't know any of it or you're just reacting to public pressure. It's one or the other. That's it. You know what I mean? Like, And that tells me that Northwestern University, which is obviously one of the best universities in, in, in the United States of America, has really, really weak administration, which is a pretty eye-opening thing, I think, for all of us. I thought it was pretty eye-opening, and I, I kind of totally agree with, with the sentiments that, that you gave, A.B. It's Albert Breer, senior NFL writer, rep, well, reporter. You are a writer, too, huh? You do write. Yeah, I'm a writer and a reporter, yep. yep. Yeah, that's pretty dope, man. Lead content strategist at the MMQB. Uh, we appreciate you joining us, my guy, and, and – Till next week, huh? Are you back in the saddle right, yet? Yeah, I'll, be still there. I'll be there. You get, you get the band, band back together next week, right? 
That's what I mean. That's what I hear. That's the that's the rumor out there on the streets is that everybody's going to be back uh, next week. But you know, we'll we'll wait and see. You know, Lisa, we football have to wait season. and see. Well, so well, football season really. I mean, for for a lot of us, you know, you guys know this. The summer's about to be over for for a lot of us. Football yeah. season <laughs> basically here. Yeah. And 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 for some of us, the, the summer needs to be over so that football season can be yes. here. Because there you, you go. Know, quite frankly, I'm I'm ready for football season. Jeff is ready for football season. You're ready for football season. Everybody's ready for football season. Ab. So that's right. Go. That's right. That was false enthusiasm. You know, every every football team has one of those guys in in the locker room and in the huddle is like, "Come on, guys, well, let's get ready." The false enthusiasm you do in individual pump drills. Up guy, the pump-up guy that's making yeah, yeah. fun of behind their back. Yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. But it's false enthusiasm. But Correct. what I'm not falsely enthusiastic about was how how well you did this this segment for us, A.B., and we appreciate you. Enjoy the rest of your day, sir, because you know what? You've earned it. <laughs> All right, thanks for the Thanks, Jeff. Have a good one. All right, A.B., that's Albert Breer. Coming up next on Two Pros and a Cup of Joe, Live from the TireRack.com studios, which team will finish with the worst record in 2023? Jeff Schwartz just wrote an amazing article on that, and we'll have a quick debate on which team we think will have the worst record. Yeah, it's Fox Sports Radio, two pros and a cup of joe. Jeff Schwartz, LeVar Arrington, we'll be right back. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Hey, it's Ben, host of The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller. It would mean a lot to have you join us on our weekly auditory journey. You're asking, what in God's name is The Fifth Hour? I'll tell you, it's a spinoff of The Ben Maller Show, a cult hit overnights on FSR. Why should you listen? Picture, if you will, a world where we chat with captains of industry in media, sports, and more every week. Explore some amazing facts about human nature and more. Listen to The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brass two pros, the funky two pros, brass two froze. Yeah, welcome back into the show. It's two pros and a cup of joe brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place, bundle and save at Progressive.com. All right, going into the break, we talked about what team would be most likely to have the worst record coming out of the season this upcoming year. You wrote an article about it, Jeff. You want to yeah. preview and, and and maybe even give us a, a picker or one or two? Yeah, well, okay. I think the easy one is is the Cardinals, right? They're trying to trying to be bad, yep. so it doesn't surprise me. The question is, what you know, what what is what, what are the other teams, right? Um, that are going to be in this situation. Mm-hmm. And so for the other teams, right, the the, the Texans have the second-best odds. They're going to be – I think C.J. Stroud's going to be good. I, I, that's, I mean, not good, but better than the worst record in the NFL, right? Do, do you kind of agree on with me there? On the Texans? Yeah. Like, they're, like they're not going to have the worst record in the NFL. I, I, I like D'Amico Ryans. C.J. Stroud should make them better. Their roster's not terrible. Like, they're not going to be the worst team in the NFL. I don't know, Jeff. 
The Cardinals not, are trying to be the worst team in the NFL, though. That, there's, not, there's a big difference there. See, here's here's the problem that I, I'm not very intimate with how things are done at in in Texas with, with Houston, but just seeing how everything has played out, that is a broken culture. It's a jacked up culture. And I, I I think that the culture has to change, and that's like turning a, a cruise ship around, you know, and going back the opposite direction. I think it's going <laughs> yeah. to take some time. I, I, while I think they will improve, I don't think it's this year. I don't think it's this year for, for the Texans. See, I would still have them and not get their asses kicked. Um, worst records list possibilities uh, they would be on my list well they, they, they the second best odds to have the worst record so they're i mean yeah, the, the vegas is, is is with you there um yeah. the other teams that, that i think have a chance to to be that bad are the Tampa Bay bucks who right now as a roster are kind of going through a rebuild on the fly they got some young guys and some old guys kind of mixed it all together but their quarterback situation is baker mayfield and Kyle Trask, like, come on, like they're 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 they have a chance to me to be one of those teams that we look at and like, oh, okay, they're they have two wins in week fifteen. Ooh, they're just trying to lose now to get Caleb Williams. Oh wow, uh, Tampa Bay. I think there. I mean, the quarterback situation makes it a very concerning situation for sure. Um, and they could be they could be one of those teams. I, I, you know what's interesting to me is, and I, I don't know your list, but I think I think Atlanta will finish last in that division. I think yeah, Atlanta it, might have the worst yeah. of 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 the records out of out of those teams. Yeah, I don't think that they're. But here's the thing: the, the worst record in the NFL has like two or three wins most years. So is Atlanta going to be three and fourteen? I don't. I don't think so. I think they're going to. I think they have the personnel to be a really good team. I'm just not convinced that they can be a really good team. For some reason, I'm not sold on them. Well, well it's quarter, think, you're not sold on quarterback. This is a discussion about quarterbacks more than anything okay, else. Well, there you go. Because I'm going to yeah. go to another team that I, I think they're going to struggle again this year as well. But go ahead. You're right. It is about so quarterbacks. It's about quarterback. This is why the, the Cardinals, to me, are the easy pick here. The other team that I put on this list um, are the Raiders. Hmm. So, Josh McDaniels. That's about their coach. Is a, Correct. And quarterback. Jimmy Garoppolo is not healthy. And he has he has failed to stay healthy in a lot of years. He was starting quarterback. That's it for them. Their offensive line is shaky. We know they can rush the passer with with one player. Max Crosby's incredible. Chandler Jones did not have a good season last year, right? Compared to what he has been in the past. The 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 defense defensive backfield couldn't stop a nosebleed all year. Um, Josh Jacobs is not happy right now. Devontae Adams wasn't happy last year, Um, and they're in a very tough division. If Jimmy G's out for any period of time. They have a chance to have the worst record in the NFL this year. Eesh. I don't disagree with that at all. At all. That's a good pool. And remember, th- this year, the 2024 draft has better quarterbacks than we just saw drafted in the 2023 draft. Caleb Williams is incredible at USC. Yes, if you have not had a chance agreed. to watch him play, agreed. I would tune in to watch USC play as much as you can this year. Drake May, North Carolina, yep. is incredible. If you haven't had a chance to watch him play, go watch him play. There's better quarterbacks, and that, that that doesn't even count the you know two or three other guys are going to pop up and be like, oh, this guy's pretty good. Joe uh, Joe Milton at Tennessee, 
has is being compared to Anthony Richardson right now. Like he, that's a guy much much older than Richardson, but like can pop up and be physical freak. He's two six five, two forty. Um, Lavar, like he he. There's going to be more quarterbacks this year, and I think teams are going to try to lose to get at least Drake May or Caleb Williams. I'm glad you gave Anthony Richards because I think that the Colts are going to stink this year too. I think they're going to stink, man. So, you know, it is what it is. Did you have them on your list, Batch? I did not have the Colts. I don't think they're going to have the worst record in the NFL. Mm. They, have a good, they have a good roster. I don't think they're I think, I think Richardson will win them enough games with his legs, like one or two games, that get them to, you know, five wins, and they're not the worst record in the NFL. Well, I'll tell you what. We're going to win. We're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back, and we're going to win our three. There's two pros and a cup of Joe. Jeff Schwartz, LeVar Harrington, Fox Sports Radio. We'll be right back. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.